DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Steve Klauke, Salt Lake Bees, play-by-play voice. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line right now. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? <laughs> All right, so behind the scenes, we've moved out of the auxiliary studio we are we have been in. We're back in the, the main studio, the quote-unquote normal studio, and Yox is now pushing buttons on the new board, hoping he can put a phone call on the air. <laughs> well, at least I can tell now he's done so successfully. Yes, winner! <laughs> winner! Well, looks like it'll be a while before I get my normal workplace, but what the heck. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we're curious, Steve. Baseball is restarting. For that matter, basketball is restarting. Uh, at this point, are you happy for whatever you can get in the world of sports, or this is kind of an odd year and will never really matter to you or you won't look at it the same way I won't look at it the same way it'll still matter somewhat but it just won't be the same I mean the abbreviated schedule in baseball you think about baseball they've always talked about it's a marathon not a sprint well in this case it is a sprint at least the NBA they're playing some games to get ready for the postseason NHL starts a week from Saturday and they're going right into the postseason so it's going to be very very strange but uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't have any sports channels anymore, so I can't watch it. <laughs> well, so y- you can't watch soccer? I can't watch anything unless it's on one of the uh, regular channels. Hmm. By regular, do you mean over the air? One o- of the, over the air, yeah, broadcast yeah, networks? Two, of course, and then four, five, and 13. Yes, those are the only options I have. No ESPN? No, no. Budget cutbacks. We all know about budget cutbacks. Uh, I suppose so. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Steve knows more than he lets on. (laughs) I assume he does know. That's why he brought it up. Yes, it's a very strange, silent summer. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see some of the stuff that's uh, that's going on and see if, you know, for example, the, the managers change his strategy, wanting to, you know, uh, you know, every every game is important as far as baseball and an abbreviated schedule like this. It'll be uh, change the way they do things. Obviously, in the National League, is very different because uh, they're going to use the DH. And obviously, extra innings very different to the major leagues. Something that the minor leagues have done the last couple of years with that automatic runner at uh, second base to start an extra inning. Yeah, see, I don't have any problem with that. I know some purists, and I consider myself to a purist, but I guess I'm not a complete purist because putting a runner on base at the start of the extra inning, I really don't have a problem with that because it adds a whole new set of strategy. And I think that's what makes baseball the alluring sport for me, anyway, is the strategy involved. You know, because normally, if you're in the top of the tenth and a batter gets a double or gets on and steals, what have you, and there's a runner on second with no outs. The whole goal is to move them over so there's easier ways to score uh, from third on an out and what have you. Well, now, do they do that because you know full well one run may not be enough because the home team is going to get the same opportunity? And so that adds strategy on how to manage and what to do, and I find that more intriguing. 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, you're right. For example, what I've seen in the last couple of years with this rule is the visiting team, they don't, they don't try to move the runner over. They, need to, they feel that they need to score at least two runs to have a chance to win because more likely the home team is going to score with their runners. So uh, that from that standpoint, uh, uh, I mean, it's a dying part of baseball anyway, the sacrifice bunt, but you don't see it at all from the visiting team. Now, if they don't score, you'll see the home team move things over. I was very much against the rule at first, but I also understood the reason for it. It's gotten to the point where the pitch counts are so ridiculous in the minor leagues that by the 12th inning or so, if it goes that long, you see position players pitch, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. So it makes sense, and with this abbreviated schedule, I can see why Major League Baseball decided to to, to use it this year. So does uh, when the runners are second base, does anybody try to uh, just pull, you know, you, well, depending if you're left or right-handed, <clears throat> but do you try to hit behind the runner, get the hit that'll drive in the run, but even if you ground out to the second baseman, you move the runner over. So it's not a sacrifice, but it has the same impact. And if so, if everyone's doing that, does then everyone go to the, uh, you know, overload that side of the field? I, I think it just depends on the on the manager and, more importantly, the organization, if that's something that they want to do. Uh, some teams that I saw would try to do that, and then the defensive side would uh, uh, shift to the right side. But uh, there were other teams that said, swing away. We don't care what happens. We want you to drive in the run uh, uh, however you can. So I think uh, uh, from that standpoint, it's a situation where uh, I guess it depends on, on the visiting team and, and what kind of uh, style of play they like. So we have that. We put the runner on. You already referenced the DH. The scheduling is going to be more localized and regionalized, and uh, they've expanded the rosters. I'm not sure if there's any other changes that they're going to have. Do you anticipate any of these changes being able to stick? I, I re- Well, I, I think the agreement, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that the National League next year would go back to, to no DH, although I, I really think in the long run the uh, designated hitter will stay in the National League or rejoin the National League at some point. Um, I, I'm, I'd be hard-pressed to think that they would keep that runner at second base rule, but I, I think it's been a success at the minor league level. I don't think we've seen – any games, I know the bees in the two years, uh, any game go past 11 innings or maybe one game with 12 innings. So to, to shorten the game from that standpoint and not have, you know, 18, 19 inning games, even though every, having that every once in a while is kind of magical, but for the most part, nobody likes it. Beat writers in particular because it, it pushes them way past their deadlines and all that. But I, I, I think they, they, there are some that would like to see that, but I really don't think that one's going to stay. I'm a little surprised that they are going to, because of the situation with the, the season as it is, that they're keeping the three batter minimum for relief pitchers. I, 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 don't, I don't like that. It takes away uh, strategy, and I, I just don't think that that's, uh, that's good for baseball. Steve Klauke joining us as baseball gets ready to restart. And the Houston Astros scored 15 runs. Now, I assume in an empty ballpark, you can't get away with banging on a trash can. I don't think the Astros <laughs> could get away with it anywhere, anytime. But is there any chance, even though they acknowledge they were cheating, that maybe the cheating didn't matter that much and they're going to score so many runs this year that we're going to look at it, scratch our heads, and think, wow, they didn't actually need to need to do that to score all these runs. Is there any chance? Um, no. 
I, I don't think so. It, it's one of those. It was you know, I'd have to look at the box score to see uh, who Kansas City put in if it was uh, uh, part of the uh, the uh, taxi squad that uh, that was facing some of these hitters. I, I'd be curious to see if, if that were the case because so far most of the games that uh, have been played, the, the, these brief exhibition games have been played uh, fairly low scoring. I actually watched that game because I do have the network, and that game was on MLB Network, and I was watching some of that game there. So, and they did have their their regular lineups there. Uh, I'm, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, how was how was the the, the broadcast? Because obviously, like uh, what Bowler Jack and Locke are going to have to do, uh, those guys are uh, pretty much uh, broadcasting from remote spots, except for the local. TV and radio on home games. They can be in the ballpark, but other than that, uh, uh, everybody else is uh, from a distance. Yeah, I did watch uh, the Yankees and Mets. I watched uh, Dodgers and D-backs, and I had the D-back channel, and they were talking about how they were in Arizona, and the game was obviously in uh, Dodger Stadium. On the first night I watched uh, Yankees and Mets, uh, they weren't, uh, and I, I don't know the name of the play-by-play guys, those ESPN guys, I don't know who they are. Uh, I know their faces, but Eduardo Perez was in Miami, and I was telling DJ this, they picked the runner off, and uh, but they didn't show the throw, and you could hear the, uh, the play-by-play guy basically say, well, I think they threw it wild, because as you're watching the runner run to second, um, it is, as opposed to a straight steal, you know, you start to see him round the bag. And so the, the play-by-play guy knew. He didn't know where the ball was because he couldn't see it, but he was able to figure it out. So I think we may have some stuff like that. But I think folks are just going to deal with it uh, and just take it for what it's worth, understanding that it's not the fault of the announcers. And so I don't know how it's going to be with basketball, but maybe they may, there may be some stuff. It's a smaller dimensions, obviously, so maybe they won't miss as much. But that was something that the guy did miss, although he surmised what was happening. Which will be interesting because I've seen where the NBA is going to experiment with different camera angles, so it could be a little tough. I only have experience in doing something like that once, but that was back in the old days when we had the simulcast and radio wasn't getting the TV feed. Uh, from uh, from Hot Rod and Booner, so it was. Uh, uh, I, I just sat there in the studio and, and did it for about a half a quarter until we got the uh, the sound back. And uh, next home game, uh, Bobby Sloan, uh, uh, Jerry's first wife, came up to me and said, "You did a really good job on that uh, uh, play-by-play, but you guys need to turn the crowd mics up." <laughs> <laughs> Steve Clowkey joining us here. So the on-field stuff: who's going to win? Who's going to lose? And I know it's an extreme example, but watching the Yankees Sunday night, they win 6 nothing. they hit five home runs. Granted, some majestic, just massive tape measure home runs. But can you really bash your way all the way to the title? I, I think you can uh, bash your way to a regular season title. I, I think I don't know that the Yankees have the the pitching that would get them through the short series that they they need. It'll be you know it'd be interesting. Cause, I mean, take a look at last year. After 60 games, the Washington Nationals, the World Series champions, wouldn't have even made the playoffs. They had such a poor record at that point. So obviously, I think the big thing for anybody who has, has a chance to win, and I think at this point because it's a short season, everybody has a chance to win. Even the Detroit Tigers that and maybe even your Padres, that uh, you know, getting off to a great start can mean a, a world of good, get you into the playoffs. 
How serious is it a blow to everything involved that there was no B season? Uh, obviously, I think financially it was a very difficult uh, for the organization. Uh, obviously, the, the, the movie theaters were closed, the jazz, the concerts, everything else. So it's just a, a part of the, of the big puzzle. Obviously, the, the ushers, concessionaires, parking lot attendants, uh, uh, team staff, and what have you, uh, not getting paid uh, during the course of the summer. A lot of these people, uh, you know, count on, on that kind of salary. Obviously, from the comments I've seen, a lot of people miss just, you know, nobody, they like to see the bees win on the nights they go. But for the most part, uh, it's all about a beautiful evening at the ballpark and uh, and watching a ball game and talking with your friends and having a bite to eat or whatever. But uh, so from that standpoint, it, it's uh, just like a lot of things. It's just part of the summer puzzle that's missing. Steve Klauke, you join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Do you think the minor leagues as a whole, and I know there's a lot of different pieces to this puzzle, AAA, AA, Rookie League's got its own challenges, obviously. Does minor league baseball bounce back next year? Assuming, assuming society does, does, is minor league right there? Or does some of these organizations around the country uh, – take a, a, a big enough hit that there are going to be changes. I think there are going to be changes. The collective bargaining agreement with Major League Baseball expires September 30th, and it's pretty well documented that they're planning on uh, eliminating 42 teams from minor league baseball, basically taking away a couple of levels. So uh, you know, the guys you know, like Dave Baggett up in Ogden and uh, the Orem uh, folks, uh, those are teams that uh, never had a chance to say goodbye uh, because they're not going to play this year. And most likely the whole Pioneer League is going to be wiped out next year, as well as several other leagues and teams. You're going to see some rearranging at the AAA level, a lot of room Rumors going around that Fresno may be relegated down to A ball. They'll find another team to fill their spot at AAA, and maybe AAA will be three different leagues or one league with three different divisions, cutting down on the amount of travel that these teams have. And there are teams that were slated to be back next year that financially it's taken such a hit that they may not be able to survive and, and come back next year, which may change the landscape of some of the teams that are being dissolved. So what are the players doing right now? Not a, a whole lot. I think working out on their own, maybe the lucky ones who are a part of that 60-man uh, extended uh, roster getting to work out. I know uh, I think the Angels players are working out at Long Beach State. Uh, I'm not sure, for example, the Rockies, they were going to work out in uh, those extra players in Albuquerque, but Albuquerque's become a, a COVID hotspot, so the two teams uh, sent out a release yesterday that they're not going to work out in Albuquerque. So those guys are, are working out. I don't know if they're going to be playing any any games or what have you. I, I, I guess just a, a dream on my part, hoping to be able to do some games. I thought at one point back in maybe May that they would take this extra group of 30 players to have them ready for the season, maybe play a AAA schedule, but uh, that uh, didn't happen. And I don't think they're going to play any exhibition games because they are so uh, spread out and they want to reduce the travel. So these guys are basically just you know working out uh, with some of the coaching staffs and all that. And the guys who aren't a part of that, uh, they're doing whatever they can, I think, to, to make a buck and you know, give lessons and all that just to – to earn some money on top of the uh, most of the teams now are still paying these minor league players the the four hundred dollars a week stipend that they would normally get in spring training. So I'm curious, Steve, if uh, is the whole instructional fall league is that all going away? What about uh, for guys who play winter league go to the Caribbean? Is that is that going to happen? 
Uh, as of now, I think that part is happening. And from what I understand, like the instructional fall league may be expanded uh, and, and, and make it and bring in more people than you normally would, and, and maybe even some some guys that uh, uh, are are ahead of the game as far as development, but they want to give them some uh, a chance to play games and work out and uh, and, and fine tune their games. So I, I think we may see if everything gets better, because I don't think right now that. That's the case, but I think the plan is to uh, expand on the fall instructional league and, uh, and and give some more guys a chance to to work and, and make some money. And uh, you know, because a lot of these guys, it's not going to be easy to bounce back from a, a year off of uh, development. So I think as far as the NBA, whoever wins the thing, to me, that's going to be legitimate because they played enough games and they're not going to play quite 82, but they played enough basically and they're going to play off. It's going to be the same. And, uh, you know, I realize it's not going to be travel and home games and whatnot, but it's all going to be equal. So to me, whoever wins, they're the, you know, they deserve to have that title for this season. How would you view baseball as far as whoever wins the World Series, given that it's going to be a really truncated season? You know, it's it's funny. Once I think, obviously, getting to the playoffs might be easier for some than others in in regards to having the shortened season, teams that are built for the long haul. But I think once you get to the postseason, everything uh, reverts back to the way it was. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, everybody will remember 2020's champion. I don't think there needs to be an asterisk or anything, but I think that uh, – uh, they will uh, uh, be remembered as, oh yeah, the shortened season champions, uh, much like uh, uh, the Spurs in the in the strike shortened season in the NBA. So then, like the Spurs, does it matter who wins it if it's somebody who's busy winning, you know, three times in six or seven years or whatever? I mean, the Spurs obviously won five over right. about fifteen years. So you're like, well, somebody would have been the best team if they'd played eighty two games, and it probably could have been the Spurs because look, they did it all these other years too. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know if, if the Yankees or the Dodgers or um, the Nationals come back and win it again, that that would be one thing. Uh, but if, say the Detroit Tigers uh, come up and and win it, or the Mariners come up and win it, then then you know people will raise an eyebrow and think, well, you know, they were the beneficiary of uh, of the truncated season. Well, Steve, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on uh, what's broadcast. I know uh, you know that's going to limit your options, but there's still some stuff out there. Uh, Channel 2, CBS Sports has the uh, NWSL Women's Soccer Championship game. That'll interest you. I know one of the camera people. That's about it. <laughs> well, also, Steve, right now, RSL is losing 1-0. Not 1-0, zip. 1-0, as you know to the Kansas City Ball Club. So uh, there's about uh, 30 minutes to go or so. So if you want to just text me, I'll give you updates on all the action. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's an early morning for the guys. Staying out of the Orlando heat and humidity. One morning game, two evening games. That's, well, their, that, that's that, their schedule. That, that, that's been an interesting part because I do get phone calls every once in a while from my son who's in the bubble as well. <laughs> Getting some good stories. Well, the the one that I, I can tell is the fact that the, my uh, my daughter wasn't very happy with him the other day. He called her. It was about midnight Orlando time, ten o'clock here, and he was uh, talking to her. And she goes, well, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh, just walking around the lake." And she screams into the phone, "Adam, a kid was eaten by an alligator at that lake. Get away from there!" Ooh. <laughs> 
And he says, well, don't worry, there's signs that say, uh, beware of the alligators. And she goes, yeah, but the alligators can't read those signs. <laughs> alligators and snakes, I've seen the signs. People have put them up on social media. It's a little unnerving, quite it's frankly. It's Florida. I know, it is. Exactly, Steve. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Thank you, Steve. Uh-huh.